I realized in the moments that I overeat, I often feel as if I cannot walk away from something. I'm stuck. I'm obligated. Rochelle was clearly feeling at an impasse. Her overeating was a response to feeling trapped. She continued, The food creates some space for me. Not really, but I'm a bit flummoxed what to do when, say, I'm in the middle of class and I'm overwhelmed, or it's after dinner and I'm tired, but my family wants to play a game and I don't want to but feel like I must, so I eat my way through it. All of the distraction strategies we've talked about rely on me being able to walk away and have a moment to myself, which is precisely what I'm not able to do in the moments I tend to overeat. I recognize there are times I can take a break, but there's many times I really can't. I'm open to some ideas for these moments. A second group member chimed in, letting Rochelle know she was not alone. I could have written this, Pamela said. The whole moment-to-myself thing, yes. For me, binging became something for myself and only me. I was going to ask the group about suggestions for when I'm absolutely stuck with others and I can't get that moment to myself. There are so many of those in parenting young children. Parenting during a quarantine, parenting during a snowstorm, parenting when your partner has to work late, parenting when your child is quite sick. These are all times when taking a walk, putting on a podcast, a nice bath, call to a friend, just aren't possible. And it didn't stop there because apparently Joyce was having the same issue. She wrote, I have a similar trigger. When I'm exhausted, after a long day of work and playing with my toddler, I just want to lay across the bed and nap before my husband comes home close to 11 p.m. I'm exhausted, but I'm still obligated to do bath time and story time and everything in between. And that's when I feel the urge to eat. Grabbing for food gives me that space you mentioned, or a moment to self-nurture. It's false nurturing, I guess, but I can totally relate. I thanked these ladies for sharing their thoughts, and I noticed that for all of them, being in an uncomfortable situation, especially if they feel stuck there, is one that often coincides with an urge to eat. Clearly, we need some specific strategies for this type of situation. If you feel like your overeating or binge eating happens to pop up when you feel trapped, stuck, or obligated to be somewhere, we'll explore two ways to break that pattern. And don't worry, you don't have to auction off your children or drop out of school. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. Clearly, being able to dismiss our urges is central to breaking up with binge eating. So, as you might expect, we talk about it a lot in our coaching program. Rochelle, Pamela, and Joyce were all bringing the same problem to light. As I mentioned in the last episode... Many people find turning to a distracting activity is necessary to get their attention off a craving or urge as soon as possible after it arises. This prevents the urge or craving from gaining strength. But if you are, to use Rochelle's word, trapped, stuck feeling like you don't want to be somewhere but don't have a choice, turning your mind to food can feel like the thing that you want to be doing. 
if we grab a bunch of snacks to bring into this class that we are dreading, at least we can eat rather than get tearful with frustration over the fact that we don't understand any of the symbols the professor is writing. If our kids are driving us nuts, insisting that we sit and watch the 10th Blue's Clues episode with them in a row, we're thinking, I want to do a hundred different things with my time right now. This isn't one of them. The red hot resentment starts bubbling up. This is so unfair. We think M&Ms and popcorn are the only way to make this tolerable. And then we feel ashamed because we want to be a nice mom who enjoys time with her kids. And here we are dreading every second with them. We're a bad, mean, selfish mommy who has to eat continuously because she hates spending time with her kids. Ugh, that's not a pretty thought. I have two suggestions for you to consider if this type of pattern resonates with you. We can think of the first one as a type of distress tolerance, and the second as distress prevention. I'll cover one today, and I want to save the next one for next week. Here's the first one. There's some situations in life which are, without a doubt, distressing. And distress tolerance skills have been written about extensively because, well, tolerating distress without resorting to maladaptive behaviors or lashing out is really beneficial. A type of third-wave therapy called dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT, expands on this. DBT is full of acronyms. DBT provides many distress tolerance skills. They say there are six, but each of those six is actually an acronym where each letter is a different thing to do. So when you expand it out, DBT actually contains 26 different things you can try to get through a distressing situation. Okay, great. But a lot of them don't fit for everyday situations my clients describe, where they're at work, in a class, or supervising children. For example, splashing cold water on your face or doing 20 minutes of intense exercise might be very helpful, but not doable in this situation. And some of the other suggestions just might not be that enticing, like paced breathing. I can't see myself paced breathing through an entire kids show or a 90 minute lecture. So here's one trick for getting through a distressing but temporary situation without grabbing food to make the current moment feel different. Luckily, most of the situations we find ourselves in are temporary. The meeting will end. The kids will finally be in bed or taking a nap. Our shift will be over and we can finally go home. So really, we're dealing with delayed gratification. We want to watch our show, not the kids' one. We want to lay on our bed, not be writing in patient charts. Instead of focusing on what we want, but can't or don't have in the moment, flip the thought to delayed gratification and what you'll be getting in a few hours. We're going to get what we want. We just have to wait for it. One of the things I like most about this technique of framing our moments of feeling stuck as ones in which we practice delayed gratification is that it's so translatable to other areas of life. You can probably easily think of many times you had to wait for something, but then it was really good. You probably had to wait weeks or months for the Aruba vacation you planned to actually happen, but then how nice it felt to put your toes in the warm sand. 
You had to work through several classes if you've graduated from any school. And if you've purchased anything from IKEA, you know there's some delayed gratification involved in putting that whole thing together. So you've practiced this before, haven't you? Not to mention, delayed gratification makes a lot of things actually better. Having to wait to see a show you got tickets for may enhance how much you actually enjoy the experience. A soft bed has never felt better than when you've had a long, hard day of yard work. Working your way through a four-month training program to cross a marathon finish line makes the whole experience mean so much more than if you just rolled out of bed and decided there's a good way to kill a Sunday. So instead of focusing on how much you hate being stuck in the current situation, plan ahead for when you do have relief, a break, or freedom. Then you can look forward to how you'll revel in it. The anticipation will boost your mood and get you through the current discomfort. No M&Ms needed. Instead of planning a binge, you might plan what comfortable clothes you'll put on, what book you'll grab, or which show you want to watch next. We recognize that parents often have to practice delayed gratification, and learning to tolerate distress for stretches of time is part of the challenging but meaningful job of raising a human. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where we'll talk about another powerful strategy to help you avoid binging due to feeling stuck or trapped. I hope you have an awesome day. I'm Georgie Fear, and I'll see you next week.